right, uh, got a uh, special guest coming up here. As I told you at the top of the show, wanted to do a Bay Area deep dive because right now in San Francisco, Warriors are champs, Giants right there on the cusp of the playoffs, and the 49ers opening camp. So my next guest is going to do just that, get us caught up on everything going on in the Bay Area. But I got another uh, question I'm going to run by him as well because he's a well-suited guy to uh, give me some information that I need these days. He is the sports director of KRON-TV in San Francisco, also does NBA writing for Bleacher Report. Jason Dumas joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing tonight, Jace? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you. I was going to ask you how hot it is out. Is there? Is it out in the Bay Area? But you just told me, no, I'm home in Philly. So I know you know how hot it is because I'm oh, right across man. the river here in South Jersey. Well, it's way hotter in Philly than it is in the Bay. When I left the Bay, it was like 55 degrees. Oh. You know, it doesn't get in, in the Bay. The summer is, is the coldest month in the Bay Area, and it stays between <laughs> 50 and 80 all summer, all year long. So the warmest it'll be around September, October, it'll be around 80 uh, in in, in September and October. Those are the warmest months in the Bay. It's way hotter here in Philly. I'm here in Philly now. I'll be in the uh, I'll be down the beach uh, later this week. So Very I'm ready nice. for the heat. All right. Now, so the next question has got to be what beach? I'm uh, going to Delaware. We go. Uh, okay. My family, right. my family, we go down to Dewey Beach, Delaware. Dewey's nice. Been to Dewey. Uh, didn't know yeah. if it was going to be Jersey or, or, or Delaware. Can't go we, wrong we, either we, way. See, what my mom says is, look. All of our neighbors, all of our, our people we go to school with go to go to Jersey. I want to go somewhere where I don't have to see all the people we see during our everyday <laughs> lives every day, which makes a little sense. Right. Vacay is vacay. You separate a little bit. Well, have a good time down the beach. All right. Here's my Bay Area slash Philly question, and you're perfectly suited to answer it because the, the Warriors did just this. They moved out of the suburbs uh, with ample parking and the like over in Oakland and decided they're going right into the heart of Center City with the new arena. And we've seen it. I've never been in it, but it looks state-of-the-art, as good as it can get. But it does come with all those hurdles you must get over to be dropped down in the middle of the city with transportation and parking and the like. Well, the 76ers reported earlier this week that's what their plan is when their lease runs out with the uh, arena they share with the Flyers. Uh, They're going to try and build their own arena and do it right in the heart of Center City, Philadelphia. Does it work in San Francisco? Have they made it work? How does it work? Or is it something that, yeah, it's great for uh, being able to say you're going into the city, but actually getting in and out of the building and parking when you're there, royal pain in the butt. How does it work in San Francisco? And as a Philly guy, do you think it'll work in Center City in Philly? It's a great question. So I'll tell you the quick differences. So uh, the one in San Francisco is not exactly downtown. It's in the city uh, but it would be like comparatively if it was like down down Delaware Avenue, uh, like on the waterfront or something in Philly. So it's not really right downtown San Francisco. But down there, the parking is awful. Awful. There's no parking. Uh, but I don't think it would be as bad in Philly because Philly has a way more intricate public transportation system than San Francisco. San Francisco, there's like one line, you get to the city, and if you, there's so many suburbs who just don't have the access to that public transportation train, whereas Philly, you got all the, uh, you, you know, got, you got all the regional rails, you got the trolleys, you got the 100, 
So there's way more access in Philly than there is in San Francisco currently. So that kind of hurts San Francisco because I'm telling you, they price gauge down there too uh, in San Francisco. So like you'll, you'll drive into the city to go to Chase Center and you'll see parking lots, 60, 70, 80 bucks just to park for event parking. So it, it, it can be bad. Arena is nice. Of course, you got the glitz and the glam. But honestly, I would say most people enjoyed the old Oracle in Oakland more than they like Chase Center in the new San Francisco. Very interesting. We'll see if that's the same if and when this uh, new building gets built for the Sixers. If it does, it's not, not going to be for nine years, but they're at least contemplating it and reporting on it. Uh, and it's funny because you're a San Fran guy, formerly a Philly, and go, yeah, but we got better transportation in Philly. I'm a uh-huh. Philly guy now who's a former New York and go, wait a minute, you can't call these subways in Philadelphia. It's subways in New York because they've got lines absolutely everywhere. So I, I guess you are where you grew up until you're not. And then you uh, have to deal with the new transportation systems. We're talking to our buddy Jason Dumas from KRON out there in San Francisco. All right, the main reason I wanted to get you on before this whole rebuilding a arena in Center City thing happened was just talk about where the Bay Area teams are at. Warriors come up huge, win another championship. Sans Kevin Durant, the original core four, getting it done for the Warriors. I know you've been out there for a couple of years now. How does this championship compare to some of the previous ones? Yeah, I've been I've been in the Bay four years now, and uh, this was definitely the most special one. So I, I came I came right after the Warriors won their second championship with Kevin Durant. So I was there in 2019 when they went to the NBA Finals and played the Raptors and lost when KD got hurt, when Klay Thompson got hurt. That whole year, I'll just be honest, that year sucked to cover them because it was just this weird negative energy. You knew KD was leaving. It was just that awkwardness. KD was extremely irritable with media the entire year. Uh, the players were exhausted. It was their fifth straight year making a finals run and like cover Like I covered the finals this year and I just, just covering an, an NBA finals is exhausting when you start in October and you go all the way to mid June. It's, it's, it's a long year. And then in the playoffs, there was no easy, there was no easy road trip in the playoffs because you think, the Warriors, they play on the West Coast. They might get a couple of California teams in the playoffs or maybe a close. No, so they had Denver, Memphis, Dallas, Boston. None of those road trips were really easy, except maybe Denver was pretty easy. But going to Dallas, going to Memphis, going to Boston, all of those, like, those are brutal trips coming from the West Coast. And I made all of them. Uh, so I imagine, I can't even imagine how, how exhausted the players were after after getting through all that gauntlet of playoff series. Uh, but this one was, it was way more special because, like you said, it was the original core four. It was Andre Iguodala, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. In the past two years, they had been through so much. Clay hadn't played a single second the past two years. Steph Curry missed one of those years with a broken hand. Draymond had one of the worst seasons of his career. Uh, Andre Iguodala is just getting up there. When they got back to the mountaintop, because no one predicted it before the season, no one was saying the Warriors are going to win another championship. And they've all said it themselves in, in, in the recent weeks since they won it. They're like, this one is special. It was just the way we did it, the way we 
got back to the mountaintop after being on the mountaintop, it was it was really special. And it was their first championship parade in San Francisco, obviously, because they're in the new building and all their other championship parades were in Oakland. So that was really that was really fun. So, yeah, the Warriors, it was an extremely, extremely unique, fun season. It was really fun to cover. Uh, But like I said, it was exhausting. That's why I'm on vacation right now. And enjoy vacation. Well, and the Warriors will be back to work before you know it, and they're going to try to do something they've already done, which is go back-to-back. They've got their core guys in place with their coach, but they lost a couple nice nice guys who contributed to their championship this year in Porter and Peyton. They've got some young guys who showed out in the Summer League, but the Summer League isn't the NBA playoffs. Are Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga going to be able to pick up what the Warriors lost via free agency with a couple of key contributors going elsewhere? Yeah, well, Otto and GP2, they're big losses. And Belly, uh, Bialincha, he they lost him too. He's not coming back to the NBA. He's staying over in his home country to play uh, professionally over there. And he, I mean, he played, he was in the rotation the entire playoffs, including the uh, finals. So they all played perfectly into their role, especially GP2. But look, Kaminga and Moses Moody were both lottery picks, and they both had great, great moments in their rookie year. They would have played a lot of games for other teams. Obviously, they came into a unique situation with the Warriors where the Warriors didn't need them to like play a lot of minutes. But when you draft two guys in the lottery, they're going to have to show it to you eventually. So that is the way Bob Myers and Joe Lake of Steve Kerr were looking at it. They're like, look, we we drafted these guys seven and thirteen, seven and fourteen for a reason. They're gonna play. They're gonna have to play minutes and help us win basketball games. We're not gonna go over the luxury tax to to sign GP two and Otto. We love them. They did great for us. They made tremendous contributions to our championship, but we have two rookies lottery picks waiting in the wing is their time to to show up they're still on rookie deals that's why we're in the lottery we're taking advantage of that Wiseman is more of a wild card of course because he's been dealing with injuries so it'll be interesting to see and then uh they also signed Jamichael Green who you know he's had some good season he's a stretch stretch big man who can shoot the three and, and bang down low which is like what the Warriors want from their big men. So I think he will be a welcome addition as well. As well. And, you know, I, I think they are primed to make another run. They're going to be right in the hunt next year to win another championship. I don't know if they'll actually do it, but going into this season, they will be one of those teams that have realistic expectations at winning a ring. How about another Philly guy? You left out a Philly guy. Dante DiVincenzo also ends up. How is I he did. fit into the I, Warrior I mix? Did. The, the pride and joy of Delaware, you know, uh, the Louisiana. You might, yeah, you might see him on the beach next week. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he's going to be great for him, too. He, he's the Warriors type of guy. He, he's going to guard. He's going to hit threes, and he's not going to. He's not going to make anything about himself. He's a total team player. He learned that from Jay Wright at Villanova. Jay Wright, Steve Kerr, great friends. I'm sure before they made that final call to sign DiVincenzo, I'm sure Jay Wright and Steve Kerr had a conversation because I know they're close too. So you're right. And I apologize for that. I forgot all about Big Ragu. He's going to make a big impact uh, in the Bay Area. He's going to be a fan favorite too. 
I would tend to agree. All right, I want to jump to your two other teams first. Uh, we've been uh, lucky to uh, get Jason Dumas on with us here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, Giants, three games over 500 right now, one game out of a wild card spot. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're not going to win as many games as they did last year. Uh, that's not happening. Um, knew yeah. there was going to be a drop-off. They had an unbelievable, just unpredictable season last year. Uh, this one was going to come back to the pack. They've come back to the pack so much that they're outside the playoffs looking in. What did they do last year that they haven't been able to do this year? I know it was probably unrealistic, but what has caused the drop-off and is there a light at the end of the tunnel that at some point this can kick back in and they can stamp themselves a playoff team again? Last year, all of their integral parts had career years, which is like typically an anomaly. You don't see like every now and then you'll see one or two players on a team have career years. One through eight, about six of their players had career years. They all put it together at the same time. And it was magical. They win 107 games. They win 107 games and have to play the Dodgers, who win 106 games in the first round. Broken system in baseball. But that's a whole different topic. Uh, but, you know, this year, I knew they were going to come back down to earth. I think they'll, I think they'll snatch one of those wild card games, uh, teams. But, they, I mean, the Giants desperately need a, a star. Uh, they haven't replaced the star power of Buster Posey yet. They have a very mundane, average Joe lineup. Farhan Zaidi, their owner, his mantra is do more with less. And the Bay Area is a star, it's a star-studded market. You know, you had Barry Bonds, you had Buster Posey, Jeff Kent, you know, with the Warriors, obviously, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, the 49ers, Steve Young, Montana, Jerry Rice, the list goes on. Right now, the Dodgers are just or Dodgers. I'm sorry, the Giants are just a bunch of, you know, let's go to work, put on our hard hat type of guy. There's no star power. The fan base right now is really leaning on this Giants team and putting pressure on them to go out and try to get Juan Soto. Uh, the Giants have a minor league system and prospects where they could get Juan Soto. It's not the type of move I expect Farhan Zaidi to make. But that is what the fan base is crying for right now. They want a superstar to come to San Francisco and to help them get over the hump. Because right now, like I said, just a bunch of role players who are just trying to get it done every day. I need to ask you about uh, the fan base and how they're looking at this upcoming football season because uh, we're only days away from the uh, 49ers opening up. And they're going to have their young quarterback that they drafted high in the first round, ready to take over at quarterback. But the guy who's taken them to the playoffs two of the last three years, including a Super Bowl appearance, including an NFC championship appearance, still on the roster. But everybody and his brother knows that they want Trey Lance to be the starting quarterback. How uncomfortable is it going to be when camp opens up? So I think, I don't think it's going to be super uncomfortable just because if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster when camp opens, which he probably will be, it opens on the 26th. I'm not sure if he's actually going to show up. Uh, I think uh, they might excuse him because they have a they have an easy excuse because he's still rehabbing from that shoulder injury. Sure. So they can easily just say, hey, Jimmy is with his team, his camp, 
on his own rehabbing from injury when he gets back, like we'll welcome him. So they're going to do something like that to just play it off. Uh, but Jimmy is the, like the ultimate professional. He's not going to make it awkward. It's not like it's not T.O. in Eagles camp back in the day where he's unhappy. <laughs> or, so he's going to make everyone unhappy. Jimmy G is not like that. That's number one. Number two, the entire fame base is behind Trey Lance. Like, I'm actually one of them. I'm in the minority where I'm like, I don't know if I would have – Jimmy, you know, he, he has a lot of duds, and there's a lot of things you can point to that tell you he's not a great quarterback. But the way I look at things is, at the end of the day, he is always winning football games. It might not always be because of him, but he has the intangibles, the leadership – where people rally behind him. So I personally think there is a whole lot of pressure on Trey Lance because outside of the quarterback position, it's a ready-made Super Bowl roster. When they're healthy, they're one of the best teams in football. Like you said, a couple years ago, they were in the Super Bowl. Two years ago, they had so many injuries, so they didn't even make the playoffs. And then last year, they were healthy again. And look, they made the NFC Championship. They were up by 10 points. In late in the third quarter against the Rams, they should have won that game, if we're being honest. They should have gone to another Super Bowl. So they have a ready-made Super Bowl roster. So if Trey comes in and struggles, that's when things can get a little uncomfortable because this is a team ready to win. Their quarterback has to be ready to win too. And at the end of the day, Trey Lance is going to be a second-year pro. How many second-year pros have, have gone to the Super Bowl? I think it's Ben Roethlisberger, and that's it. So there's pressure on him. So we'll see how it all plays out. I'm not so sure I would have gotten rid of Jimmy G as quickly as everyone wanted to, but the fan base, I'm telling you, they are all in on trailer. Jason, thanks much. Great stuff. That is Jason Dumas, K-R-O-N-TV in the Bay Area, giving us the skinny on everything that's going down by the Bay.